it's not even about the treasure. It's about the journey. What do you experience? Who do you meet? What do you learn? You know, what is that journey like for you? Embrace the journey and don't get all stuck on the destination. Know where you want to go. Seek that. Try to figure it out. But then just be present and be in the moment and go, okay, so now what is today about? How can I move one step closer to that dream today? That was Alyssa Dare Nelson. And this is episode 181 of Wellness Force Radio. What's up, my friend? It's your host, Josh Trent. and Welcome back to another episode for your weekly access to global experts in all things wellness as we discover the physical and emotional intelligence we need to live life well. In this podcast, we're talking about the power and the paradox of being vulnerable. This vulnerability, the word vulnerability for so many people brings up shortness of breath and tension and fear, especially in this modern frenetic world and really for the men like myself who for decades were taught that feeling your feelings and emotional intelligence actually made you weak. But as we explore this paradox of not being vulnerable versus being vulnerable, the answer actually lies in the opposite of what common knowledge think and what millions of people in our country believe about being vulnerable. And we're learning about this paradox and power of vulnerability from a global expert on the subject, which by the way, not just the men, but also the women will deeply connect with this episode on a level that you might not actually be comfortable with. This may be polarizing for you, but just go with it. Just breathe through it. We're all the same. We're learning and growing, discovering this physical and emotional intelligence together. In this episode, our new friend, Alyssa Dare Nelson, strength strategy certified coach, speaker, author, and podcast host is joining us on Wellness Force to break down the pragmatic steps of how to be vulnerable in this modern world, as well as share moments that hit me in the chest. Really got me welled up on a couple points during this conversation. I know it's gonna inspire you and hit you as well to take a deeper dive into your own exploration of using vulnerability as a skill set in the modern world. Now, when it comes to this skill set, how we eat, move, sleep, how we think, feel, and act, these six categories, all of them come from how in touch we are with our breath. So this is your breath break. You deserve this right now in this moment. Take a deep breath. Put your hands on your stomach. Let it fill with air. Push it out. It's probably the first time you've taken a deep breath all day. This breath break is brought to you by our friends over at Organifi.com forward slash wellness force. Organifi is the creators of the green juice, my favorite juice now for almost a year. You know this. And if you haven't tried it, it's actually a powder, which saves you so much time. You know, the number one reason why most people don't take in the healthy foods and micronutrients they deserve. It's because they tell themselves a BS story that it takes too much time or it's too expensive to get great nutrients in. Well, Wellness Force joined with Organifi to throw both of these BS stories out the window and give you the portability, the ease of use and cost savings to get in your green juice, which gives you more energy throughout the day. Now, this is on a base cellular level. These adaptogens, spirulina, ashwagandha, contained in the Organifi green juice, multiple studies show that these give us energy from our deepest core, not just from caffeine externally at 3 p.m., or that third or fourth cup of coffee like I've fallen into so many times. I don't do that anymore. You don't have to either. Go to Organifi.com forward slash wellness force. Step out of that broken cycle from getting energy from the outside and start getting it from your cells on the inside. Enter code wellness force for 20% off your entire order over at Organifi.com forward slash wellness force. Now it's interesting when we look at stacking the odds in our favor from a nutrient or exercise perspective, laying your clothes out at night when you wake up in the morning, you can just get right to your run or the gym. You don't have to think about it. It seems so simple, right? In the moment, but sometimes just because something is simple doesn't mean it's easy. Now, when it comes to emotional intelligence, it's the same thing. We hear people say, choose happiness or focus on the positive or some other spiritual bypassing claim. But what most people don't understand about vulnerability is that this is a continuum. Yes, it's true when you get to a moment where you can choose happiness and flick it like a light switch. What most people don't realize is before you get to that moment of having the power to choose happiness or focusing what it is you truly deserve in a moment, There's so many dots to connect beforehand inside yourself. This is what allows you to become the person that is powerful enough to choose what they want in that moment from a place of love, which is honestly all of our journeys on this planet. It's become so clear to me since I got back from Costa Rica at Rhythmia. There are real work on this planet in these meat suits is to love one another and to come from a place of our most radical truth, even when we don't want to. That's the real work, my friend. You know this on a deeper level. I know you're feeling that truth, that vibration in this moment. Alyssa Dare Nelson is giving us the practical tips around this using StrengthsFinder, 
to partition the best parts of how your mind and personality work that benefit you in relationships. We explore how a psychosomatic test is a reliable method to help you learn more aspects about who you are. We talk about mom guilt. Why so many female entrepreneurs and busy moms experience this and how to get through it. And why Alyssa doesn't believe in work-life balance. She actually calls it work-life harmony. And for take-homes, we'll give you those first steps from the beginning from a great place on how you can be vulnerable, both men and women, today when you're done with this podcast. And how that skill set, that emotional intelligence skill set, is going to serve you for the rest of your life. I'm pumped beyond words for you to hear this show today because the fact that you choose to be here with Wellness Force and connect deeper with yourself and all of us in the Wellness Force family, in the community page. This is the tapped in, tuned on human beings that this world needs right now. So thank you for being here, doing your work and listening to the show. Make sure you connect with us in the Facebook group at wellnessforce.com forward slash group. We're continuing this conversation and walking this wellness journey together. As Alyssa says, we are more connected than ever online, yet we're more isolated and lonely because we're not authentic. We let people see our vulnerable side and it actually opens us up more to people online and in real life. So now let's get real. Let's get vulnerable with Alyssa Darren Nelson. Alyssa, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I was lucky enough to meet you in person last year, and I'm so stoked for Wellness Force, the Wellness Force family, to get to know you. You're a mom. You're a businesswoman. You're a podcaster. You're kind of like a Swiss army knife in our podcasting world. You do quite a bit. (laughs) For so many years, Alyssa, people knew you as the voice of Maximize Your Strengths podcast, You know, being such a specialist, such a proficient person in Strengths Finder, the 1.0, the 2.0, now pivoting to your new podcast, The Freaking Awesome Entrepreneur. But today... Today, what I'm so excited with to talk to you about is the paradox and the power of vulnerability. Like, how do we actually step into vulnerability in our lives? What's the emotional intelligence behind that? We've dabbled in this work, but just so, so grateful that you're here with us and that we get to drop in. Yeah, well, boy, I feel lucky to even be talking about this. Really, the trailblazer with the vulnerability work is Brene Brown, and she is just one of my favorite people and has done such amazing real research. And I'm a research person, like I need proof. right? (laughs) And so um, her work and it just all kind of clicked because my whole thing is helping people recognize just how freaking awesome they are. And I actually had to sit with it and go, why does this work? Why does this work? And because some other people might think, oh, that's arrogant or this or that. And I'm like, but, you know, that's not what I'm trying to say. And the whole reason is that you can stand up and with so much pride say, I am freaking awesome without any qualms because you also recognize you're not everything. And that's where that vulnerability piece comes in. So I'm super excited to talk about that today. Yes. And I mean, look, running a business, it can take a toll on us. I've seen you write about this in your work, in our relationships, especially when our business partner might be our spouse. And in your case, what you've created, just give us the quick and dirty on what you've been up to the past couple of years. I mean, what even led you, by the way, to this road of strengths finder? How did you even specialize in that in the first place? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. So I spent the first 30 years of my life wondering what was wrong with me, um, as I think uh, many people have. And as I share that story more and more, people are like, oh, my God, yeah, me too. You know, instead of looking at any of the positives that I now know that I bring to the table, I was always just wondering what's wrong with me. And I was so good. Like what I was really good at was beating myself up, like like the self-flagellation and just, just beating the tar out of myself emotionally was probably the thing I was the best at. And so when I found StrengthsFinder, I had just gone through a divorce, which is another crushing blow, right? Because that's not supposed to happen. And I was venturing into entrepreneurship as a third career. I was first a registered dietitian, went back, got another four-year degree um, as a registered nurse, and then ventured into uh, entrepreneurship as I got a little bit afraid about, oh my gosh, what if the nurses go on strike? What am I going to do? And I'm now a single parent parent, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, and it was in that entrepreneurial journey that somebody handed me a StrengthsFinder book. Mm. And I was like, what's this thing? Like, oh, personality test, this will be fun. And what I found in it was, oh, this is 40 years of research. This isn't just some personality test like, you know, what Disney princess are you on Facebook or something? Yes. It's actually a psychometric. And I'm like, okay, what's a psychometric? That sounds fancy. And it means that it is reproducible. It means it's reliable statistically. It means that it doesn't matter whether you're in a good mood or a bad mood, that it will give you accurate results. And what it shows is the things that are right with you. And I was like, oh, yeah, 
that's what I need. That is what I need. And so uh, when I, I took the profile and started reading about it and then I was like, I need to know more. Like I need to know all the things, all the things about this thing. <laughs> I want to know everything. And so went on to get a certification, um, you know, nine month certification in the StrengthsFinder profile to help people really apply it because it's uh, knowing that you're great is one thing, but how the heck do you actually leverage it and apply it is a whole nother thing, right? Oh, you're speaking our language. Language now, knowing and doing are two different things, and the bridge you in the middle it. comes from a secret sauce that we can talk about today. You know, mm-hmm. psychometrics, this um, science of measuring mental capacities, you know, how the way people think and how that affects their life. What fascinates you the most about this? Well, I... <laughs> Man, there's so much. I I love science. I love science. I love proof. I the, I think that the human brain is such a fascinating thing, you know, and we look at how we compare to animals and we have some some similarities to primates obviously and but we're not, right? We we like we've got this bigger capacity and that you know the soul and the, the mind body connection and all these, like I'm just purely fascinated by it and what I've firmly come to believe is that I don't believe that any of us are here on accident. I don't believe that everything happens for a reason. That's a, a sort of a controversial thing that, that I believe that I hold. I don't think everything happens for a reason, but I do think that humans, uh, A, you're like one of two million, right? Like sperm that actually got through. So yes. like genetic winner. lottery, holler. <laughs> <laughs> winner just by the fact that you were Made born. It. Thank you. You know, the, the divine or God or whatever you want to call it, your higher power didn't have time to make junk. Like just didn't. So that means that there's something redeeming about you. There's something amazing about you. And I believe part of our journey is uh, to figure out what that thing is. How do we get to contribute to our world? How do we get to contribute to our society? I love the fact that you said we're not here on accident. God doesn't make junk. I love that or the universe, but also not everything happens for a specific reason. Talk to us about that parallax. Like a small child gets hit by a car and dies. Like they don't tell me, don't tell me that that happened for a reason. Mm. Um, I just, that, that, that idea that, oh God must have a bigger plan. I don't, I don't believe that. Now here's what I do believe. I believe out of every situation, no matter how horrific or no matter how wonderful you can use that for the betterment of your own life and for the betterment of other people's lives. Great things can come from every situation, Uh, but you do have to choose it. It's all dependent on whether you take sort of a victim stance to it. So sometimes people do things to you and you are a victim of that act. However, you don't have to remain their victim for the rest of your your life. So that's what I believe is that looking back at a situation, you can go, okay, now what? Like this situation wasn't my fault, but it is my responsibility to move forward from this. I seriously just got chills when you said that because you're refracting a message I've learned in so many different emotional intelligence trainings, so many guests we've had on the show. It's really these events, they're neutral. We can apply any meaning, Alyssa, that we want to for these events. And I think about your life. I mean, 15 years, competitive gymnastics, (laughs) clinical dietitian, registered nurse, divorce, remarriage. This is like not a linear path for you. Can you give us maybe looking back something that you felt in the moment was so terrible, so just like where someone listening can connect with you. They feel like they're at the bottom of the barrel, but then Mm -hmm. now, you know, in retrospect, you realize, Hmm, that was such a beautiful gift. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to share my lowest point. Um, and it's still hard for me to say out loud, even though this happened, gosh, eight, nine years ago, but this was before my ex-husband and I had separated. I knew I was miserable, but I had no idea what to do with that. And so, um, while I am not an alcoholic, uh, I was drinking to numb right? And I went out with some friends one night and I woke up with my driver's seat reclined at 4 a.m. parked on the street in front of my house. And that is like, that's where I kind of came to. Um, So I had drank, you know, drank so much that I didn't remember the ride home. By the grace of God, I got home safely and didn't kill anybody else. I got out of the car at 4 a.m., and stumbled up the stairs and into my house. I proceeded to pass out again on the couch and woke up the next morning puking to my two-year-old and three-year-old going, good morning, mom. Wow. Talk about moments of shame 
talk about a moment of guilt, talk about, I, I mean, just all of it imploding. And for me realizing, holy crap, there is a huge problem here. And having to wrestle with, am I an alcoholic or am I not? Like, what's going on? And uh, that's when I decided that I needed therapy. I was like, this something is broken here. I, like, this is not normal behavior. I refuse to accept that, oh, that was just a mistake, which is what my ex had said to me. Oh, it's no big deal. Like, we all drink too much at some time. Like, you're not broken. You're not, you're fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um, he was an adult child of an alcoholic. So that's what, that's a very common thing. His warning flags came that's up. That's right. Everything's fine. Let's just, let's just, you know, settle the waters down. Everything's fine. And I was like, no, 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 no. I need to go to therapy. And so I went and that was the beginning of my exploration as to why am I numbing everything and how do I really feel and what an excruciating journey that was. But man, well worth it. Well worth it. The greater the cost when it comes to emotional intelligence, I found and what I'm hearing from you is the greater the reward, the greater the richness in that discovery process. And I'm thinking about, you know, you had an episode I saw on your Facebook while dealing with mom guilt while yeah. running a business. And mm -hmm. it was posted by one of your listeners where it was like, look, moms who run a business that are doers, they sometimes deal with mom guilt. When did you start understanding what mom guilt was? Well, so here's the thing is you have some entrepreneurs that go into business because they want the freedom and flexibility, right? Um, and they want to make a lot of money and work the least amount possible, right? That's kind of the, that's kind of the dream of laptop entrepreneurs. Yeah. Now, for me, that's not, that's not true. I love what I do. I love coaching. I love sharing this message. I love that, that sparkle in someone's eye when they realize, Oh my gosh, what you're telling me is true. I am actually awesome. I love what I do. And also I love my family, right? So I have these two very passionate loves yeah. for these two different areas of my life. So very often when I am working, I'm like thinking about my family, right? And while I'm with my family, I'm thinking about work. And I, I don't believe in the, the theory of balance because to me that speaks that something is winning and something is losing always, right? But I do believe in harmony. So it's how do you get that harmony? How do you get everything sort of uh, playing the same tune? And, uh, you know, being able to give the energy to your work and give the energy to your family. And that is it takes a lot of communication. And it takes uh, new strategies, it takes engaging your family, it takes engaging your clients very often and, and working with you and that kind of thing. But it's a it that in and of itself is a journey, right? And so where the guilt started to come in is where I was like, oh, I'm working too much. Oh, wait, I'm not with my family. I'm not, oh, I, you know, this and this and that. And it's like this tug of war, internal tug of war. Yeah. I was like, you know, this is not unique to me. I need to share this. I need to share this and I need to share it loud. And this goes into our topic here. It's the power and also sometimes the paradox of being vulnerable, of actually sharing your story. People know you now, this podcast, all your work, this is global. I mean, people across the planet are being affected mm -hmm. by you, but yet this has not been some one, two, three, four step journey for you. And I mm -hmm. felt that honestly, like, like seeing you, picturing you on the couch, throwing up and like, there's your two-year-old looking at yeah. you with, with their eyes. And like, what did that create in your chest, in your throat? in order for you to walk this path of growing your emotional intelligence? Uh, number one is that what the realization in that moment was, well, I don't know, I don't exactly know who I am, but I know this is not who I want to be, right? So I still hadn't really fully discovered who, like the greatness inside, but I knew that that was not the example I wanted to set for my children. I certainly didn't want to be in a position where I was killing anybody <laughs> or killing myself. Yeah. Leave, I mean, because I could have left my children motherless. No, I could have left yep. some, I, I mean, like, like and, and even years and years and years later, there is still um, pain. Now there's not the shame in it anymore. And there's not necessarily the guilt in it anymore because that's not serving me, but there's still pain there that people are making these choices every day. And my hope is that even by me sharing this story, that someone goes, you know what, it's not worth it. I'm going to Uber or uh, something, right? That, that yeah. lives are saved because I'm willing to share that story. But you know, that, that right there was the lowest of the low and I knew that something needed to change. And I think everybody has a different rock bottom, which is interesting because a rock bottom could be like you got in a big fight with your spouse. Like that could be a rock bottom and that's yeah. okay. You know, you don't have to do something awful like I did. And, and here's the thing is that my rock bottom wasn't as rock bottom as many people. You know, some people lose their houses, lose their jobs, lose their families, 
lose, you know, lose everything. And so everybody's rock bottom is different, but it's that moment where you decide, nope, enough's enough. That power to make the decision is so huge. This episode is a highlight of your work, but I want to share a quick story that relates because Mm -hmm. gosh, I just feel like we're cut from the same emotional cloth here, Alyssa. The understanding of how we make a decision in the moment where we're at our lowest, it's not always clear. And I can remember I was almost 280 pounds. I think I was like high 270s at one point. I'm at a party. I'm 21. I'm drinking because I wanted to numb. That was the way that I used to numb is through food as well. And I just had this lightning bolt shoot through my chest. And I just felt this message like, I don't know what I want, but I know it's not this. And I slammed down the beer and I ran home drunk like three miles, opened up my computer. It's 2002 at this time. And I I think I typed in, how do I be healthy? And that was Mm -hmm. my journey, you know, so long ago, 2012, it's like 16 years ago now. But I just made this decision like enough is enough. Where do you think people have to be when they go to that place of breathing into enough is enough? I think it's so individual. And I think, you know, the more that people do things like listen to this podcast, right, when when you're willing to actually explore, uh, because until you're ready to see it, that's the saying goes that when you're ready for the lesson, the teacher will appear. You have to be ready for that lesson. You have to be ready to face it. And even if you're sort of feeling like a coward in facing it, like you're so afraid, but you're like, but, but I kind of want to peek around the corner. I just want to peek. Like that can be the crack in the door that, that sets you on this journey to, to do something magnificent and different. And that thing that you are actually supposed to and meant to do. And it doesn't have to be, I was talking with a client about this earlier today, actually. She's got the the strength theme of competition, which is like, you know, push, 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 sprint, 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 measure, 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 always has to win. And yet this dream that she has is years in the future. And she's like, I just get so tired. And I was like, yeah, it's because you're trying to sprint an ultra marathon. Like, of course you feel tired. So how about let's break it down. Can you do one mile? Can you do a half a mile? And maybe that mile is walking or maybe that mile is jogging or maybe that mile, you know, you know, it doesn't have to be the finish, but you do have to take the first step in order to, to finish someday. And, you know, so we all, my favorite book of all time is The Alchemist. Um, and I love that book because it's all about this boy's uh, journey to his treasure and his journey has all kinds of sidetracks and all kinds of awful things happen and then some good things happen, right? But here's the thing, what he realizes is it's not even about the treasure, it's about the journey. What do you experience? Who do you meet? What do you learn? You know, what is that journey like for you? And so, you know, embrace the journey and don't get all, you know, stuck on the destination. Know where you wanna go, seek that, figure, try to figure it out, but then, then just be present and be in the moment and go, okay, so now what is today about? How can I move one step closer to that dream today? Oh my gosh, the power and the paradox of in a moment, I can think back to Paulo mm-hmm. Coelho's work when he's in the village and he yeah. gets the coin stolen from him. And yes. I'm like, oh my God, we've all been to that moment where it's like, oh my God, someone stole my coins. <laughs> where do I go from here? And in that moment, it's a paradox. We think, oh gosh, we have to do this on our own. We can't reach out. We can't ask for help. We can't call in support because then we'd be perceived as weak. Yeah. But it's actually a paradox because when we lose our coins, when we go through a crazy threshold, that is the most powerful time to show other people around us that care about us that we're human. And I think yeah. this is the paradox and the power that we're exploring today, Alyssa. Can you share what is your definition of true vulnerability? Let's go to this place in our conversation. This is so exciting. And and I have to say as well, you know, in this social media world that we now live in, right, we are more connected than ever. And yet we are more isolated. We are more lonely. Yep. Business owners are lonely and isolated. They feel so alone. This is what I, I had a guy just messaged me last night on Facebook saying, hey, I heard one of your episodes and now I don't feel alone. And like, and I started crying because I was like, oh, yeah. yes, that's, that's the stuff. That's the stuff that we're talking about because not only are we putting just our highlights on, right? That's always been what's on social media is our highlights. But now our highlights are even filtered. We've got like these these uh, f- um, you know glossy filters, and we're we're um, you know fixing the pictures and making our legs not so not so large, and making sure we have the thigh gap and all this other garbage, yep. right? Yep. Everything is not even just the highlights; they're they're edited highlights, 
right? And so people feel even less than and compare even more and go, oh my gosh. And up here, you know, I'm pointing to my forehead right now. Cerebrally, we know that that is the highlight. However, we get even more afraid about saying, but I, I have this challenge, right? And here's the irony is that when we share our challenges, all of a sudden we connect with people. And so it's okay to say, I am freaking awesome. And it's also okay. And guess what? Even good for your business or for your life or for any kind of relationship or connection to say, but I'm not everything. And you know what? I'm going to show up with the, the best of me. Can you show up with the best of you? Because there's parts of you that I need. Can you help me? Right. And, and what that does is it builds human connection. Yeah. And when you can build human connection, now your clients are knocking on your door because they're going, hey, you're real. You're not going to judge me. You're going to help me because I can see that you're real. So there's this whole authenticity uh, uh, buzzword. Right. And people are, are, are spouting their knowledge. They're spouting their opinions and they're saying it's all because of authenticity. But here's the thing is that they're just spouting what they feel um, confident about, right? So authenticity is only honesty if it doesn't have the air of vulnerability, which is, hey, I'm not everything. This authenticity piece too, it only mm -hmm. comes across when it feels real. People know, haven't we all felt in our stomach when we're talking to somebody? It's like, yeah, I like the words they're saying, but I just don't trust them. Right. <laughs> I mean, this, this is because this skill set of vulnerability, it's not being taught in schools. It's definitely not being taught in corporations. It's not a narrative yeah. that we see yeah. across our world yet. We do see Brene Brown and Alison Armstrong and this podcast and what you do and what men and women get to talk about. This is why we're going there today. It's not always comfortable, Alyssa, to go to this space of what's my deepest truth and what am I willing right. to change? Circling to the definition, it's capable or yeah. susceptible of being wounded or hurt as by a weapon. There's also a Latin phrase where it connects to a bridge. And I think that's so funny that the etymology of vulnerability and how it's actually a bridge from one place mm -hmm. to another it goes to the first two minutes we talked about this, the bridge between knowing and doing. What would yeah. you say in a few sentences is your definition of vulnerability? Yeah, thank you. And I, I promise I was going to circle back to the actual question. Like, just answer the question, Alyssa. So, One podcast um, host to another. <laughs> so I believe that the that the definition of vulnerability is is simply saying I have challenges too, and saying and and this is what they are. Now I, I think there's a difference between sort of airing your dirty laundry. Right. And sharing some vulnerabilities. Uh, I believe when you share a vulnerability, there is a purpose of connecting. There is a purpose of, of solution oriented talk rather than just sort of complaining and being like, oh, I suck. Like yes. that's not vulnerability. You know, going out there and saying how much you suck and saying, you know, everything in my life is falling apart. Like, okay. But do you want something different? Like, is there any way for us to have a conversation about this? Can you, can we help? Like yeah. what's going on there? Right. So to me that, that vulnerability needs to have a purpose. And that's, you know, certainly as we're sharing publicly, sometimes you're with a girlfriend or you're with a, with a guy friend and, and you're just like, Hey, I, I'm having this challenge. I don't know what to do. Like that, that's great vulnerability, but the relationship is different. See, I like that you said solution oriented too, because, you know, this purpose of connection, this bridge of authenticity through vulnerability, it also can come in moments where we're not thinking about how we're being vulnerable. It's not like you have to plan out your vulnerability, right? Like you either adapt the skill set to be truly vulnerable or people can tell that you're not being real. Right. And it is scary. I mean, it, being vulnerable is scary. I, I had a, you know, my heart started thumping in my chest when I told the story about me drinking and driving, because I know that there is absolutely a chance that someone listening is going to go, wow, she sucks. Like, what a terrible person. She is an awful human being, right? And that they're going to judge me. So there is this, always this little bit of fear. Like, I hope that people hear my heart. I hope people hear my message that I didn't think this was okay. I'm not saying this is okay. And it's scary to share, but hopefully in my sharing purpose, right? That there is some good outcome from it. Man. So to me, there there does need to be a purpose for the sharing. And sometimes that purpose is simply connection and empathy and saying, hey, I understand. It's compassion, 
you know, building that that relationship like, oh, now you're human. You're not just some like picture on a wall. But you're actually human. And and humans connect with humans. That's just how it is. <laughs> That's why we're here on the planet. That's so, why we're here on the so planet. This bridge that connects us when we're less human to one another, we think we have to do it on our own. And I've heard this about the lone wolf analogy when we were talking with Mark Devine, it's like the only way that SEAL teams, the only way that any team or anyone that's creating a mission that's bigger than themselves ever succeeds is if they grow this skill set, this edge of vulnerability and, and emotional intelligence. My curiosity is pinged here because we look at these psychometrics and your specialty in Strengths Finder, your mm-hmm. top five strengths, futuristic, woo, mm-hmm. positivity activator and strategic how many actual strengths are there how do these plug into us growing that skill set for our emotions and vulnerability that is a great question so there are 34 identified strength themes and uh, what we say now there are some uh, strengths coaches that believe you have all 34 i think that there are are more that you have access to so sure just like um you know well water like there is water deep down but you got to dig like 3000 feet sometimes <laughs> yeah. for it, right? So that's kind of your 34th of 34 strengths um, is the one you have to dig so hard for. And there's just so much effort there. Your top 15 or so are the ones that you lean into every day. And your top five are your easiest buttons. So as we talk about leveraging our strengths, that's what we're talking about. It's not that, um, so my number 34 is one called consistency, which is all about, you know, routine and following the same plan kind of every day. And like, that sounds amazing, but I have a really, I, like, I don't even floss my teeth and brush my teeth in the same order. Like, <laughs> sometimes I'll floss my teeth if I feel like I got something in and then like I'll the go variety. ahead and brush it. <laughs> okay. Right. So I don't, I, the, the routine of it isn't, isn't something that comes naturally to me. Now I can beat myself up because, and force myself into that consistency Or I can use another strength that I have easier access to that's going to give me energy, that's going to be fun, that's going to, you know, again, just be easier for me to to use instead, right? So I'll use my strategic and my strategic says, okay, well, if I floss my teeth first, then I can go over here and I can, right, and I can kind of create a plan around it. So I can get to consistency by using strategic and where I actually use that the most is I, I wear a uniform five days a week. I have office out of my home, but I wear the same thing. It's a long sleeve t-shirt with a short sleeve logo t-shirt over top and black leggings. That's what I wear every single day. Mm. And it takes away this, oh my gosh, what am I going to wear? Who am I going to see? Blah, 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 blah. Cause I was wasting so much time in my morning doing that. So strategically, I wanted to make uh, uh, have a more productive morning. So I got to consistency through strategic. That's so interesting that you wear a uniform at home. Yeah. Is that because of your top five? I love that you broke it down. 34, some people think there's more, but you believe there's 34. And then 15, we kind of lean into, but then there's five that we really recognize as one of our strengths. And one of them is strategic. Is that the strategic thing where you wear the uniform at home? totally is. And it's for me, it's a matter of uh, decreasing the number of choices so that I can focus on what's important to me. I feel like the application of decision fatigue really fits in our conversation here. Brandon Bouchard talks about this. Many neuroscientists can recognize we only have so much that we can load the brain up with, right? And this is why Steve Jobs wore the same turtleneck, black turtleneck every day. Uh, It's also why we understand decision fatigue as being about 150 decisions throughout the day, high tension decisions. You're literally cutting out like five decisions about what you're going to wear. Yeah. And I mean, it's so silly, right? Like I I work out of my home. I could literally wear anything I want. (laughs) And, and I was spending, you you know, like 20 minutes trying to pick out what I was going to wear. What a dumb thing. Right. So I was like, all right, I'm enough of this. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to actually be more strategic about this. So, gosh, (laughs) you know, people can go and take tests at StrengthsFinder, but you also have something we're going to talk about at the end of the podcast. And it's the four things you believe that we can understand about why we're unique, what sets us apart. It's an e-workbook. So check into wellnessforce.com forward slash radio right now. Just click on your iPhone. Go there. Alyssa, I want to talk about the podcast. Why the shift? Why did you pivot from StrengthsFinder as being your core ethos? Is that still your core ethos? What are you all about now? You know, I really struggled with whether to pivot again with Maximize Your Strengths or to launch a brand new podcast. I started Maximize Your Strengths 
because when I was out networking and talking to people about StrengthsFinder and the, this thing that I was geeked out, passionate about, people were like, oh yeah, I took that. I don't know. I don't know what it I was. Didn't do I didn't you know, Whatever. Didn't <laughs> yeah. do anything. It's collecting dust. I'm like, oh my gosh, this can change your life. And so I started Maximize Your Strengths as a passion project to help people understand now you've got your top five, what do you do with it? So what I discovered after 118 episodes uh, and trying to pivot and you know fit my, my square peg into a round hole is that I was very much like a construction foreman with a podcast about a hammer. And uh, while I wanted to teach everyone all the best ways to use that hammer, it was only part of what I did as a coach. And so uh, the freaking awesome entrepreneur allows me the space to actually do what I do. So the freaking awesome entrepreneur is actually primarily live coaching. So my guests come on and we talk about all the things that make them so freaking awesome. And then we talk about a real life challenge, right? So that vulnerability is built into the podcast. Yes. Um, and, and the cool thing is, is that these guests that come onto my show, what they're realizing is, huh, I'm actually more connected to the audience because they see me as real, right? Mm -hmm. And we've already spent a lot of time highlighting all the things that make them so freaking awesome. And that just draws people to them even more. So, you know, people typically guest on podcasts to build their business, right? And so at first people are like, oh, I don't know if I really want to share any kind of challenge That's I'm having because I just... Because I just want to market, yeah, right? Yeah. And what the irony is that this is actually the best marketing. And so it allows us to coach through that and allows me to actually highlight what I do with clients. So it, it's it's been a win-win. And yet I didn't want to be always on the expert side, right? Because this is what I'm talking about. It's like it's important for all of us to model vulnerability. And so that's where the real life episodes come in. And that's the one you were mentioning about the mom guilt is I get to be on the other side of the coaching table and I bring on special guests. And for the mom guilt episode, my special guests, my, my guest coaches were my two daughters who are 10 and 11. And guess wow. what? On the podcast, we came up with strategies that are helping our family to, to work even more synergistically. And it was amazing. We came up with those live on the episode and I couldn't have asked for anything better, right? Like your, your coaches are the people around you, the people you're involved with. And so it was important for me to model that vulnerability on the show as well by occasionally getting on the other side of the table and being the coachee and sharing my own vulnerabilities. <laughs> you noticed even when we were talking, it was like I had a double clutch before I shared my story about running home drunk. It's like, yeah. uh, it's still hard to talk about my vulnerability, but gosh, we just get to do it anyway because there is some gold at the end of this. I'd love to go tactical too because there's people listening across the gamut, Alyssa. There's somebody who's just mm -hmm. starting this journey of understanding the power and the paradox of vulnerability. There's somebody who's along the path. Maybe they've already read Alison Armstrong. They've seen you. They understand that in some way when they speak their truth, even if it's uncomfortable, there's so much strength in it. There's so much power in it. Take us to that person who's just beginning. How do they breathe into the beginning process of using vulnerability? and being in a space where they just do it even if it's scary. The primary place that I've learned to step into that vulnerability is from Brene. She's amazing. So number one is shame only lives in silence. That thing that you're ashamed about, find somebody that you can share it with. You don't have to get onto a podcast and share your lowest <laughs> moment like I just did, right? Like I had nine years of processing therapy and all sorts of other things to go through before that was ever going to be a story I was going to share publicly. This doesn't have to be something that you put on Facebook. Like, in fact, don't do it there. Don't do it there. Go find a friend that you trust, that you know loves you, and share that thing that is really hard to share, right? Shame only lives in silence. So that would be the place that I would encourage people to start. And then here's another Brene tactic. It's called an SFD. So the, the kid version is stormy, first draft. Can I swear? Josh, is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. So the adult version is your shitty first draft. Okay. So your shitty first draft sounds like, Hey, the story I have in my head is right. So you're owning your lens. You're owning your perspective. It, there's no blaming that's going on there. Yeah. So let's say you get in a, in an argument with your business partner or an argument with your spouse and you're just really angry 
right? So what you can say is, hey, you know, the story I'm telling myself in my head right now is that you don't care at all about my opinion and you're just going to steamroll me. That's the story I'm telling myself in my head, yeah. right? So, so while you're getting out what is really inside you, you're owning, I recognize this as my lens. Because what we know about the truth is that there's three sides to every story, right? There's your side, there's somebody else's side, and then there's the actual truth. And so by owning that this is my lens, this is the story that I have going on in my head, it, it opens up conversation. And so when that conversation happens in a non-judgmental, curious place, and this is where if you can replace judgment and, and curiosity can't live in the same space, so if you get curious about what's going on with the other person, right, then you're not going to be judging them at that time. Yeah. And so that provides an opportunity to really open communication and just say, hey, I'm curious. Can you tell me, can you help me understand what you're saying here? Can you help me understand where you're coming from? Because we all see through our own lens. And that's, that's one of the things that I teach my clients about their strength themes is that because of how you're hardwired, you're going to naturally see through one lens. Now, we can spend lots of time reframing, but here's the fact of the matter is that if you and I, Josh, are standing back to back, I might be seeing mountains and you might be seeing ocean, mm. right? God, we're so in true. the exact same spot but we're seeing it totally different. I just had a download right here. Uh, it goes alignment with what you're saying, Alyssa. It's Mike Bundren. He's the founder of INLP Center, episode 118, A Fresh Perspective on Self-Sabotage. This narrative, like you and I are looking at the same ocean back to back, mm -hmm. but it's whatever evidence we've collected up to that point that actually allows us to see through our lens. That's what you're talking about. That's right. And so uh, how amazing if you could say, hey, uh, hey, Alyssa, what, what do you see? And I'm like, oh, I got to see mountains and I see, you know, snow caps and, you know, the, the clouds are just kind of coming down. And wow, like the sun is coming in and it's shining on the side of the mountain. It's amazing. And you're like, huh, that's interesting. Hey, Josh, what do you see? Well, gosh, I see ocean and I see like this most beautiful sunset. It's crazy. It's like purple and pink. And right. Like imagine if we can get together and share that lens together. Yes. What a bigger picture we have. And now I don't have to judge that. Like, are you nuts? You, you don't see mountains? Like, are you blind? Right? No. Okay. So you just see something different. And so it expands. And this is where the strengths conversation is such a beautiful one is that if you can replace that judgment with, Hey, I, I know if I'm wired uniquely, then this person is too, which means that we're naturally going to have a different lens. So now I can give up the judgment as to why you don't see it my way and just say, hey, tell me what you see, mm. right? And we get curious. And now our conversation is abundant. It is open and it is a starting ground instead of, instead of a battleground. I just want everyone to take this in here that Alyssa said, judgment, curiosity cannot live in the same room. Like there's just not enough space for them. So this curiosity piece, it can actually be, and I think for my own life, it's been the only way I've survived. Mm -hmm. The minute I stop being curious, it is my downfall. It starts to atrophy my relationships. If I stop being curious about our wellness and our health and our emotions and our fitness, like if I'm not curious, Alyssa, I perish. And I think mm -hmm. that's a huge takeaway from this lacing of the strengths finder with emotional intelligence and vulnerability, tying these together. How do you see this unfolding in our future here? We have a narrative in the media right now, and it's like, put some dirt on it. Get back out there. Don't feel your feelings. Men that cry are wussies. Yeah. How do you yeah. see this unfolding from your perspective and all your work? See, I love this question because my my top strength is futuristic. So one of my <laughs> one of my gifts right. is being able to see, to vision cast, and to see this beautiful, amazing future. So it, it may not happen in my lifetime, and that is okay um, because again, like a journey of a thousand years starts with one step. So, um, but this is this is what I see is that we reconnect as a culture, that we can reconnect um, as entrepreneurs, that entrepreneurs no longer feel. Like they have to be quote unquote independent. They have to wear all the hats that they have to be well-rounded that we realize I have beautiful things to bring and you do too. And now instead of dimming our light because we don't want to be too arrogant, we want to be humble, right? So we dim our light instead of doing that, that we all shine brighter and that we all come together and have this abundance because there really is enough to go around. I was listening to, what is it? The subtle art of not giving enough. Right. Do you know this this book? I think it's Mark. Yes, Manson. And I love that you're not cussing. It's you're so polite. <laughs> you can totally go there. It's Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I think yeah. he probably is the most uh, censored person in the world in media. 
so funny. So funny. So I'm listening and he's hysterical. But one thing he says in the book that I just, I, I can't help but to bristle back against is he said, you know, hey, everybody from Oprah to this person to that person says that everybody is capable of greatness. And that's just baloney. And I'm like, hmm, but you know what? It's not. Everybody is capable of greatness. It's who's willing to do the work to get to, to actually reach their greatness. So greatness is there for the taking for every single one of us. It's who's willing to do the work to actually get there. Well, I know people listening are, yeah. and I know they're feeling you right now because I am. I mean, this is our audience. They're curious for what you're talking about, which it's the most thirsty, most unquenched thirst out there is for people that actually can have the power to speak their truth. So identifying first what makes you freaking awesome and then going, hey, and now that I've recognized this, I recognize that I also have some gaps to fill and those gaps get filled by processes or people, period, right? So instead of trying to fill the gaps yourself, why don't you just do more of what you're great at? And I know this sounds easy and there's a definitely, this is why I have a job, right? <laughs> because this is not... This is not the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. But but imagine if we lived in a world where we all believed we are perfectly lopsided. This is my vision for the future, that we all recognize we are perfectly lopsided and tomorrow we can be a better version of ourselves and the next day we can be an even better version of ourselves and we can give up this idea that we have to be like this other person or like this other person, that we can actually just be us. Just coming back home to ourselves, I feel like is the greatest mission. Tony Robbins, Joseph Campbell, however you want to describe it. It's like, we're all doing the best we can. And sometimes we veer off the path of just our soul's message, what we're actually here for. This honestly returning of the soul, it sometimes takes years or decades, Alyssa, and you've done such a great job of telling us what are the pragmatic steps we can do. We'll link everything in the show notes here about this power and paradox mm -hmm. of vulnerability. I have three questions for you uh, for the Wellness Force family. They're just three real quick questions. The first one is, what do you do personally to generate more energy in your life? So I spent like five or six years sort of post-divorce uh, on being kind of sedentary, which I'm a little embarrassed to say, but I kind of just let my health go a little bit. Um, and so I decided, you know what, I'm a goal-oriented person. I need a goal. And so what I chose to do was sign up for a bodybuilding competition, which clearly took some training. So I am now training six days a week and on a very, very strict meal plan. And ironically, so it took me about six weeks and now it's actually giving me energy. So the first six weeks, not so much, but I work out every single day, both lifting and cardio and it actually energizes me for the day so that's one of the things and then snuggling with my kids is another <laughs> and that's a great one too because that gives you energy just the same it's like i'll just share here too like as i've done the growth path for wellness force the one thing that i do a lot is work alone and so i get to be really mindful of like how much human physical touch i get in my life that's such a great point thank you for bringing that up the second one is what have you done and currently maybe you're experiencing as an edge to let go of old weight. We know that lipid storage and body weight is such a clear bridge between our emotions and our physical practice. What are you up to now in regards to this? Or is that something that's just in the past that you've gotten through? No. So uh, right now I'm right about 15% body fat. Um, I started this training for this bodybuilding competition up towards 20%. So I am in this shed and in order to be stage ready, I'll need to be down between eight and 10% body fat, which is not just for the record. I know it's not a healthy weight to maintain, yeah. but that's why, you know, you, you get it for stage and then, and then, you know, regain after that. So, um, so I am actually doing this process right now. And so I am on a very strict meal plan. And what I've done is take decision out of that. So my trainer actually builds me a meal plan and I follow it to a T. At first, it was really hard because you recognize all of the food habits that you have. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, where are these coming from? <laughs> and yeah. and so I had to go back and reread the power of habit by Charles Duhigg. And so this is the edge. I'm not kidding you. This is my edge is the power of habit. Um, recognizing what our habit loops are when it comes to what foods we choose and what beverages we choose because there are so many cues. If we recognize our cues and we recognize the, uh, the outcome we're looking for, then all we have to do is change the behavior in the interim and we can recreate that habit. 
It's fascinating stuff. I love his work so much. I yeah. wrote him like three, uh, probably three emails a month for a year. And finally he was like, Josh, we'll get back to you. <laughs> so at some point we're going to have him on this podcast because a lot of his work and Nir Ayal's work and Gretchen Rubin's work and Melissa Hartwig's work, it's like we get to know why we do things so that we can understand mm-hmm. and have this power to change. The last question is about wellness. It's obviously integral, mind, body, spirit, physical and emotional. What is wellness to you, Alyssa, as a mom, business owner, podcaster? How do you see wellness in your life? How do you define that? Okay, I'm going to be really simple. Uh, Wellness to me at the end of the day is peace. It's peace and it is it's joy. And so, you know, complacency is not the same thing as contentedness. But if you're content and you're happy and you're peaceful, that to me is wellness. And so um, as a very goal oriented, driven person, it is something that on a daily basis I have to practice like gratitude for this moment, for my body in the exact shape it's in, even though I know I'm not I'm not completed with my with my training, right? That I've always have business goals, but I'm I'm grateful and happy at the place I'm at right now. That to me is wellness. And in order to get in that place, my mind, body and spirit all have to be in alignment. Man, I just got so light when you described your vision for not only masculine feminine what this world really needs right now, but your definition being peace. How does that apply to everyone, all of our human experience? It's so universal, this message of peace. It's, I think, what we're all striving for. So I just want to recognize you. I just want to acknowledge how rad it was to do this podcast with you. I mean, I had no idea how it was going to go. I knew that you were a podcaster yourself. We met in person. But I just want to honor this work of digging in for the truth on a continuous basis. You're sharing about the couch moment with the alcohol and then everything that you're doing to help others in the world. Just thank you so much for what you do in the personal development, the wellness space. Like your voice is part of that change that we're all working towards. Thank you. And you know what? It takes a village. It takes a village. It takes all of our voices. I firmly believe that. So thank you for doing the work you're doing. Dare to succeed, D-A-I-R-E-2, the number two, succeed.com forward slash wellness force is where you can get the workbook. Tell us about the workbook. Yeah. So the four things that I believe and backed by science, you know, make you uniquely you are, well, you know, I'm not even going to explain them. They're four things. It's just four things, you guys. <laughs> it's four things. And just download the guide. <laughs> just download the guide. And yeah. I walk you through how to put down in black and white what makes you uniquely you so that you can own it and step into it. So it's not enough to just know it. And now I'm going to ask you after you discover those four things, step into it, take some action, even if those are little tiny, cautious baby steps, take some action. So yeah, dare to succeed.com forward slash wellness force. And just remember that dare is D-A-I-R-E, the number two. Alyssa, thank you for coming on the show. Such a joy. Thank you. Hey, my friend, thank you for hanging out and growing with me on today's show. Remember to hit subscribe, share this podcast with somebody you care about that you think gets to hear this message. Support the show by leaving a five-star review for the podcast right now, simply by tapping on your show artwork on your iPhone. Click that purple link that says review this podcast. It helps the show reach more conscious and smart people like you, and your voice will attract more world-class guests that want to come on the show. So let them hear your voice. For all the downloads, videos, links, and free resources mentioned on the episode, go to wellnessforce.com forward slash radio. And while you're at my house on the web, join us in the Wellness Force community newsletter on that page and I'll send you four free guides around staying healthy with your eating, moving, and sleeping while you travel. Join a group of people like you over at the Wellness Force community Facebook page. This is where we talk about the things that really matter. We share our wins, inspirations, struggles, and a lot more. So join us, tap on the show artwork on your phone and hit that purple link that says join the Facebook group and I will welcome you at the door. Okay, now you get to go out into your world and create impact for the people that you care about. So until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.